Are you a fan of the band Ice Nine Kills? What about the horror movies that inspire them? Yes. <laughs> well, if you are, you're in the right place. Welcome to Silver Screams and Horror Scenes. <laughs> uh i'm matt and i'm austin he's austin yep <laughs> uh welcome to the show where we cover each of the tracks of the silver scream albums by the band ice nine kills mm-hmm. and the horror movies that are behind each of the songs heck yeah uh so far we've covered cabin fever we've covered mm-hmm. child's play one and two giggity uh and what was your what was your prediction for this one uh it takes a chainsaw massacre it is not that but um i'm a dumb (laughs) i'm a dumb whore before we get into that though i have to start off the show with my uh what let's call it austin's horror question i feel like that that's a good name i'm a whore you are austin's horror question it's a question about how big of a whore austin is Uh, you know what that is Oh, never what? mind. I thought it was AHS. I'm like American Horror Story. And I'm like, oh, it's AHQ. AHQ, man. <laughs> it's time for some AHQ. Ach. Uh, <laughs> ach. <laughs> it's time for Ach. It's, it's time to Ach. <laughs> All right, but, but my Ach for you today. Like, oh, God, he's watching Star Trek again. <laughs> what about that but, big old uh, my- Ach? <laughs> So my question I want to ask of you is, uh, which horror movie from the past ten years do you think will be considered a classic? Um, let me think. Two thousand, it'd be two thousand twelve. What was probably the best new? Uh, well, if it wasn't for the Halloween trilogy ending so weirdly, I would say the twenty eighteen one, the Halloween twenty eighteen. But not as like a classic classic. So far, I would honestly say I got it to say hereditary because hereditary is already kind of had a, like a status. And I think it's going to remain that way for the next while. Dude. So when I thought up this question, I had two answers and hereditary was one of them because that is such a great fucking movie. Hell yeah. It's great because I think what I like about it, it's like obscure about telling you the story. So you kind of catch it a little better your second or third watching of it. Yeah. But you could still enjoy it that first watch of it. And it's just like, what the fuck? And uh, when you watch it that second time, it makes a little more sense, but it's still just disturbing. But uh, what was that second pick you had? So uh, the only other movie I could think of was... Uh, it follows. That was pretty good. Um, that was filmed in Detroit, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't far from us. <laughs> That's the scariest part about <laughs> right. it. But yeah, that was an interesting one. There was parts about that that was kind of weird to me, but I I would normally accept it, but I I couldn't let it go. It was just like, did that take place in modern day, or was it just weird to have? like an alternate universe that has like weird technology. Cause there was like weird moments where people would have like 
some kind of like cell phone device and it just looked really out of place. I th- I feel like if I remember correctly, I think they sort of wanted to leave that ambiguous. Yeah. So they had like cars and clothing and stuff from like the seventies and eighties, but then like modern technology. Yeah. That's what I try to take it in as like retro, um, retro futuristic, like fallout, like how it's in the future, but it's retro designed. I mean, it's, it's possible. We went through an eighties kick. Now everything's all nineties. Cool. You know? All right. Um, so I could definitely see that. But anyways, hell yeah, though, on a uh, hereditary, I'm, I'm kind of surprised we both thought of that. Heck yeah. It was a movie that I heard people talk about. And I was like, okay, I'm fine. I'll finally sit down and watch it. And then I was like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of questionable at first, but then I started to be like, okay, now, you know, now you really get it. Dude, there um, are some scenes in that movie that have like never left my brain. It kind of reminded me a little bit of a Kubrick movie because it was the imagery that was disturbing. Um, It was a lot of the imagery and just that suspense of like when when uh, Nick from Naked Brothers Band uh, thinks he killed his sister. um, He just he's like, I'm just going to drive home and sleep this off. And I'm like, oh, would I would have done that if I was in his shoes and a teenager? I'm like, just going to sleep. I'm like, am I going to look? <laughs> I don't want to spoil it too much in case someone hasn't seen but, it. Yeah. I didn't know if you knew that was him or not. In that movie. Yeah. Oh, oh, dude. I, I know my Naked Brothers band. <laughs> yeah. Don't you worry about that, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> what a time to be. I felt like you did, but I wasn't entirely sure. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to be like, oh, of course you know the Naked Brothers. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Of course I know the Naked Brothers band. But uh, speaking speaking of a band that is neither Naked or Brothers, as far as I know, could be one of the two, Ice Nine Kills. We are covering the... Uh... Actually... Yes? Oh, go ahead, Matt. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. You sound like oh, you said. No, no, you're good. I was going to. I was. I was going to take it one way, but you sound like you got a better way. No, no, take it. Take it your way. Um. Okay. I was going <laughs> to actually say, since you have one uh, a question for me every show about the movie, I was actually going to ask you. A music question. Oh, dude, go for it. At the start of every episode. Let's do it. Uh, Matt's music question. Mm Oh, okay. (laughs) MMQ. (laughs) (laughs) MMQ. E-A-M-M-Q. We got Ock and Mk. (laughs) (laughs) It's all like caveman names. (laughs) How's it going, (laughs) Ock? Welcome to the show. I'm Ock. This is mm, uh, in the morning. (laughs) But yeah, no shit, Um, man. So since we are talking about a podcast uh, of Ice Nine Kills, might be the only podcast about the band, possibly the official fan fan base. This is the official Ice Nine Kills fan podcast. We're gonna we're gonna say that right now. We've said it. It's official. Uh oh, <laughs> I don't got my lawyers. <laughs> but uh, I was actually going to ask Matt that what was the first Ice Nine Kill song you've ever heard? Ooh, that you can think I, of. I believe the first song I ever heard was called "The Greatest Story Ever Told," which was kind of like their big hit back in the day. 
Was it new during the time you've heard it, or was it older when you've heard it? I think it was probably like a. Mm, it was probably like a couple years old at that point, because so they put out an EP in I want to say like two thousand nine mm-hmm. with this song on it, but then they also put this song on their first full length album. Oh, gotcha. So the song was probably a couple years old right. at the point that I heard it. Yeah, I know how that is. When I'm like, there's a couple bands that are like, the single was out way before the album, and I'm like, oh, you guys already knew about this song. <laughs> so like, I'm thinking this is... Yeah, like, it's a song that they, they've recorded this song three times like, oh, professionally wow. at this point. And that was the first one you heard? Yeah. But like, so they recorded it for the EP, and then I think they re-recorded it for the album. And then on like the 10th anniversary of that album, they did a re-recording of the whole thing. So I think that's three times that they've recorded this song. And there's a Taylor's version of it too, right? <laughs> right, yeah. This is a long one. <laughs> it's just randomly a Taylor Swift version. Like, God damn it. <laughs> Dude, I wish more artists would just start releasing songs with the parentheses Taylor's version. Yeah. They're like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> you want me to do? James Taylor starts doing it. You know, the, next song, the next song my band puts out. We're gonna call it something in the Taylor's version. <laughs> no, the album should be called The album should be called Taylor's version. <laughs> All right. But yeah. Oh jeez. Uh, yeah, I think that was probably the first one I ever heard. Hell yeah. So uh speaking of Ice Nine Kills, we're gonna be covering the fifth track, I believe it is. Yes. Yes. It's the fifth track off Welcome to Horror Wood. Dude, I haven't done track in so long. <laughs> Dude, same. I'm not not about that cardio. <laughs> <laughs> so you did guess that this song would be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <clears throat> uh, now I'm going to give you the title of the song and see if you can guess it from that. And I'm just going to say, I think, I think you're going to be three for three here because you guessed the last two songs. Oh yeah. Oh, and mind you, um, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but I've really enjoyed. I managed to add those songs to my personal playlist to kind of re-listen to them, and they're right. like on my personal playlist now. Like every song we even Assault and Batteries is kind of weird, but I was like, I listened to it more of the fun factor of like, yeah, because I just like Child's Play. I like to listen to that. Dude, that's awesome. But uh, that, yeah, that makes me really happy that you're like legitimately in, enjoying. Yeah, Rash is you know, you know uh, Welcome to Horrorwood was the first song to really stick out to me because it was you know it's an earworm of a chorus. But then like Rash Decisions had like a lot of parts that was just fun to me. Uh, that was just like um, really catchy because I find myself um, a lot of vocal, a lot of the different uh, vocal parts uh, between the acapella and a lot of the other parts. So yeah. I forgot to mention right. that's where all my standpoint is right now. Dude, that's awesome. Um, I will say, I think out of all the songs we've listened to so far, including this one we're about to listen to, I think this one's my favorite. Not my Ooh. favorite on the album, but my favorite out of this bunch. Oh, gotcha. But um, So I'm going to give you the title. We're going to see if you can guess it, and then we're going to listen to it and see if you're right. Uh, and like I said, I believe you're going to guess it right away. Oh, really? Willie? Right, so, the, uh, so the title of this song is The Shower Scene. Oh, I get it. You got any guesses? I do have a guess. Hey, um, I want to know if you've seen this, too. Okay. 
This is, uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> You're right, man. Because <laughs> there's a shower scene <laughs> where, where they're where in the at... public shower. <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, no, I, was like, I was like, I don't know if you've seen that movie. <laughs> oh, oh, I've seen it. I feel like I feel like if if I just need reassurance, I'm like, yes, I, I feel like you've probably seen almost every Kevin James movie. <laughs> I've not seen Zookeeper. I haven't seen that either. <laughs> yeah, no one has. Well, you best believe Paul Blart too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yes, shower scene. Yes, I would easily guess Psycho because it's one of the most famous. Uh, actually, just one of the most famous horror scenes in general. Just. How many times people just stick their fist up in the air and go, you know, just doing that. Well, you know, we're going to listen to it and find out if you're right here. So we're going to listen to the the shower scene by Ice Nine Kills and we'll be right back. All right, we just got done listening to the shower scene by Ice Nine Kills. So, uh, what were your first thoughts on that song? There, um, I think it was actually really good. Uh, this is kind of more of like the ballad type song. Um, I can yeah. tell. Um, it was uh not as heavy, but there was still some. If you listen to the backing vocals, it's still um got its heavy moments, and uh, mm-hmm. even still has a breakdown in it. Which I really enjoyed because I could hear the uh, the the sample effects of the uh, shower scene, and it was actually really pleasant. Yeah, like the actual showering mm-hmm. and like the the uh, shower curtain. I like I don't really notice that until a couple mm-hmm. listens in. Like yeah. it's really good. Um, this is a song I would definitely recommend with a good set of headphones. That and assault on batteries would be the same. Because there's just a lot of different noises going around um, in a surround stereo that it's like you get it, you get the full, uh, you get the full picture with a good sound system. Because I could, it was like it was very well mixed. I could hear between the violins, like you said, with the the sound effects on top of that. Because there's even some lines of dialogue um, that are in that are in the song, and it's just well blended with it, and uh, really good, um, really good mixing. Yeah. But um yeah, no, like I said, this is like my favorite out of the bunch, I think. Uh I gotta point this out first. Have you listened to much uh, much uh Panic at the Disco? Not a whole lot. More of their later stuff. Okay. Cause I will say uh when I first heard this song, I like the verses, I was like, damn, that sounds familiar. And I was like, what do I know this from? And uh, there's a song by Panic at the Disco called Emperor's New Clothes. And it's literally the same, uh, the same like cadence and melody for the verses where it's like, like, come on in, the weather's dreadful. We always have a room to spare. Don't run, mother, she is not well. Doctors say she's not all there. 
ashes melted back to life Done my time and served my sentence Dress me up and watch me die If it feels good, tastes good I had a thought that I was always sound, also sounded a little bit like um, a part in, uh, is it Rash Decisions? Or, uh, or Welcome to Horrorland, I think, had a, there's a previous song that had, dun, 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 yeah, like you said. Oh, yeah, uh, Welcome to Horrorwood, I think. Um, the part where it goes acapella. Yeah. just an afterthought for all those stabbed in the back lot, piled up and left to rot. So how's this for an establisher shot? Yeah. yeah. No, that is pretty similar, too. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, so I wonder if that's like a reoccurring hymn that goes through, like, um, like I think, uh, how, what is it? Wish You Were Here um, album. That uh, Dark Voids, That, that kind of has like the reoccur- Um No. Uh, did I say what? Wish You Were Here, like the oh, album. Oh. I, I don't listen to Pink Floyd. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, they have an album where one song kind of goes <laughs> in and out. So I wonder if that's just like a hymn to kind of have um, as the concept of the album, you know, kind of like the theme um, that reoccurs or reprises, you know, later in the song. Uh, I will say I don't think so. I think that might only happen here in Welcome to Horrorwood. But, uh, also, it's just a coincidence. Yeah, I think it's more just a coincidence. <laughs> But um yeah, so you know I'll I'll give my uh top three favorite moments. I don't have the timestamps, but uh definitely I love uh there's parts where like you can just barely hear screaming in the background, and it's mm-hmm. uh I believe it's the guitarist doing those screams. And they just sound so fucking nice, like especially with headphones on. Yeah. Like, and it happens a few times. Like you, you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. And then uh I, I also I love the chorus for this song. Like I think it's one of their best choruses, honestly. Yeah. Just the like I hope say yeah, yeah, yeah. like that yeah. whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh but the final chorus, they do that thing where all the music just drops out and it sounds so powerful and then it kicks back yeah. in. Yeah. Like, I, I love it when they do that shit. Yeah, it's definitely a well-produced um, song so far. Right. I mean, like, it's, um, it's so far been, like, the the more straightforward song, you know, just yeah, yeah. chorus, Less gimmicky. verse, chorus. Um, yeah, and, and not not as much, like, little moments here, little moments here in between the verse and chorus, or, um, you know, uh, it, just, it just seemed, like, very straightforward, and... Um, and it just it really hit the uh head on the nail with it too. You know, right. it was like we're gonna keep it simple, but we're gonna make it really good. I gotta say though, dude, my favorite part, and this is probably gonna be a recurring thing, just because I am a sucker for breakdowns, but I fucking love the breakdown in this song, dude. <laughs> like like the lead up to it, yeah, and then the fucking uh, string stabs, mm-hmm. dude. Um, I was just gonna say it's just well, it's very unique. Um, 
it's its own thing and it's kind of what you would imagine uh judging by the album covers it's kind of what you would imagine what kind of music you'd be listening to it's you get a sense of metal and it's like oh yeah it's a slasher movie and it's just blended it all right there in one little section of the song dude i gotta say though like every time i'm driving in my car and that breakdown happens and then the uh the like string stabs happen i i can't help myself from like doing that in my car just being like Mm -hmm. i can't come clean you got caught up in <laughs> are you like hitting the horn or like you're stabbing too no like just randomly like stabbing the air and i'm sure people driving by are like what the fuck is up with that oh, guy yeah. <laughs> like, what the the fuck that dude do it? you know what song i do that to? huh uh i do that to the song who can it be now by men at work because uh when the drum beat does the knocking sound uh fucking gets me every time you'll you will see me <laughs> slapping my my steering wheel uh yeah. to that who you know, do, 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 do. <laughs> just <laughs> every time. All right, awesome. Uh, so yeah, this is definitely the movie Psycho. Uh, I have never seen Psycho in my life. Uh, I mean, I know about it. You know, I know it's like one of the first slashers. Um, yeah, and you know, you know what's gonna be funny? It's it's funny that this is like the third, technically the fourth movie. I've actually never watched this from start to finish. Oh, I've seen the movie, but in parts. Okay. So I've seen the beginning. I've seen the middle and I've seen the ending. I just never as from start to finish. Nice. Yeah. So it'll be kind of weird. Cause I'll kind of watch it for the first time. Technically. Good. Dude. That, that's but awesome. Even though I know what's you know going to happen and everything. Yeah. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, this is kind of like uh, it's kind of like a fun little book club. I never know, you know. I hop on an episode, and I just never know what the next movie's going to be. But it's <laughs> right. like, oh, I'm excited! <laughs> I can't wait till we hop back and talk about it. Right. So, do you own this in any way? <laughs> you know, I actually don't. Um, I've had definitely other opportunities to buy Hitchcock uh, box sets to just watch them all in like a marathon, but I never bought them. And it's funny is I have a box set of 20 Hitchcock movies, but they're all his early stuff. And it was like, none of it's on there. <laughs> none of the ones people know is on there. And I was just like, why don't I have it? Okay. Oh, awesome. Well, we'll, we'll find some way to watch it. Uh, I do have psycho too. Okay. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird. We'll get into that. We definitely will get into that, but it's honestly, as weird as the time gap you might think it is, it's actually a good movie. Okay. All right. Well, we are going to take a little break and watch the movie Psycho. And then when we come back. Yeah, break a little take. We're break a little take of that. Bit that car. <laughs> yeah, tip bit that car. <laughs> dang old man, dumbin did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to do what Austin just said. And uh, we're going to come back mm-hmm. and discuss the movie and see how well the song did with capturing it. And uh, what would what would you like to say to the to the people out there listening, Austin? 
I'm I'm saying that you should go psycho too. Go listen to your mother. Go um make sure to go upstairs to that motel and you tell that lady no this Halloween. You tell her no. And then maybe for Thanksgiving she could stay over for Turkey or something. I don't know. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. We just got done watching Psycho, uh, the movie that the shower scene by Ice Nine Kills is based on. Uh, this was woo woo. So this was definitely my first time ever watching this, and you said it was your first time watching it all the way through. Um, yeah, basically. Um, and it's, the thing that sucks about a movie like this is that um, I had pretty much been ruined by most of the spoilers, so I had already felt like I knew what I was getting into. So it kind of ruined the whole fun, even if I did watch it from start from finish way back when. Dude, I but, uh, totally get that. Because there, there's a movie that we're going to be watching at some point where I've never seen it, but I've mm-hmm. seen so many parodies and things of it that I feel like I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I just a lot of Stanley Kubrick movies are like that too because they're not as much story based but more visual based. So when you see parodies of it, it just ruins a lot of it. Right. But um yeah, so what what did you think watching this all together for the first time? Were there any surprises for you? Um no, but it definitely was still <laughs> enjoyable to watch. Um it's kind of weird. Uh it was like, okay, when you actually start this from finish, you kind of just see it as all one big picture and, uh, and how fun it, the movie actually goes. And especially yeah. for the time that it is, it kind of really broke some, uh, some traditions of, um, stories back then. I mean, this only came out in 1960 and it's, uh, it's pretty crazy, but, uh, Matt, let me ask you, did it? Yeah. This, this is a big thing we should probably address. um, how do you feel about watching movies that are black and white by chance? Um, so I don't have anything against black and white movies. I, I don't really go out of my way to watch like older movies like this. Like this is probably the oldest movie I've watched in a long time. Oh, gotcha. but, um, like I love clerks, like the first clerks movie. That's oh, black yeah. and white. And that's probably in like my top 10 movies. Yeah. I forget. There's a lot of like modern movies that, you know, are black and white or like choose to, and um, definitely good. I mean, what was it? The Lighthouse was pretty big. Uh, I haven't seen that yet, but like I, I, I like I remember that. that. <laughs> yeah, like I, I was like, oh man, it's, a, it's usually a bold choice. Because I used to be, I used to be like just instantly turned off by black and white movies, and um, but then I think there was like a realization that I used to watch like Three Stooges and um, I think the original Little Rascals. So I think I somewhat got used to it and then uh it doesn't bother me as much as it used to um okay i just know there's like a lot of people yeah there just tends to be a lot of people that just they really get turned off by a black and white and no color um yeah like i i don't really have anything against it and i feel like i get just as engaged you know whether there's Mm -hmm. color or not yeah um which is really interesting to me because this is uh alfred hitchcock had uh made a bunch of movies before this that were perfectly in color. So I I think there's a part that's like intended to be this way. 
So I think I remember reading that uh, part of the reason it was in black and white was because he had a really small budget for this movie. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he did that just to sort of cut back on costs. Um, there's another thing I would like to get into about this movie that I really enjoy. Um, you have to think at this time, a lot of horror movies before this were mostly like monster movies. Um, if it wasn't yeah, like, you, right. if, if it wasn't universal monster movies, like, um, Dracula, Frankenstein and that stuff, it, um, during the fifties, you had like a lot of, uh, aliens and huge monster flicks. And, uh, so this seeing it in black and white kind of takes you into that mindset of like, okay, this isn't a mystery thriller. This is like going up to Dracula's castle. Only oh, wait a minute, that's <laughs> right. not a castle. That's a hotel. This is this is kind of modernized. What the hell? So um, is this like the first slasher movie? Um, I would I would say so because half of it really plays as a mystery. Um, yeah. A, a lot of horror movies, if it wasn't a monster flick, it was some kind of murder mystery, and it wasn't no monster. It was, like, some kind of money uh, murder reason behind something. You know, uh, a loved one betrays another loved one for money. And uh, so it kind of has that, but it also goes into a little bit of the castle, uh, haunted house kind of feel to it. But then also... Okay. um. Yeah, also has that murder, like shows the murder more into that, pushes the envelope just a little bit further. You know, kind of takes takes it to the next level and like showing us a little bit of uh, like actual murder a little bit. So I think, yeah, I, I think it, it would definitely enter that slasher. So I had a like, I, I found that this movie was rated R, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't really see why. Yeah. Like, oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I just, uh, I think Alfred Hitchcock had mentioned that, um, specifically one of the biggest scenes that, the, you know, like the, even the song's based on where we technically see, um, what, uh, what, what is, who is the character's name? The woman that gets uh, killed? Marion. Oh, Janet. Okay. Yes. But I think I know her by Janet Lee, which is right, actually, yeah, that's fair. Jamie Lee's uh, mother, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. I did know that. Yeah, yeah, it's always uh, interesting. And uh, <laughs> in case I feel like it's like a common trivia thing, but then you know, a couple people may not know that. But but it is pretty cool to know that, like, uh, you know, the main girl that gets killed in this movie is Jamie Lee Curtis's mom, who was brought up to fame from a slasher. Yep, yep, and then the same way, like, the wave started with a low-budget slasher that blew up and started a whole another entire career. It's been, it's yeah. been crazy. <laughs> no, <laughs> and, like, I feel like, uh, yeah, there wasn't really, like, a lot of blood or anything, and the blood that there was was in black and white. There wasn't a lot of yeah. swearing that I remember, like, no sexualness, really. Yeah, he had, he had talked about the editing in that movie, and he's like, you get flashes of scenes and really your brain kind of fills in the rest of the picture he's like you get a flash image of like a knife and a woman screaming and another flash image of like holding the knife and a flash image of blood running down the drain but you don't really see it in person and it's funny how like controversial that could have been but it's like you know he's not wrong uh 
but it just implants that image. It's kind of like when you see like a um like a shadowy figure of somebody getting killed and the blood splatters on the wall. Like you don't see it, but your brain just fills in the rest of the image of it. Right. And uh, that was that was something that was always interesting to me about that. All right. So should should we do what we did on the last episode and I sort of try to give a rundown of the movie? Yeah. Do you do you like that? Has not do you like that? It? Uh, as being like kind of like, Do you the like way. that, <laughs> yeah, because I feel like not everybody you know is able to watch it, but who are interested yeah. but don't want to watch it, kind of get an idea of what happens. Yes. Okay. So uh, I have notes, but I'm gonna try not to look at them. I'm just gonna try to do this from my hazy memory. Yeah. Just just give us the rundown. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, the movie starts with well, it starts with opening credits, but then after that. Uh, <laughs> We cut to a couple who is in a hotel room together. Uh, they are Marion and Sam, and they're in like a long distance relationship. She lives in Phoenix, where they are. He lives in L.A. or around L.A. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- they're talking, and she's like, "Let's get married." And he's like, "I can't, dude. I'm broke." And then she's like, "I don't care. I'll be broke with you." And he's like, "No, well, I can't do that." In actuality, it's because he's gay. What? <laughs> yeah. You didn't know that? Wait, are you serious? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I put like a complete break. I was like, did, did I miss that subtext there? <laughs> You're like, I, was I missing the site? No, he wasn't. But that'd be an interesting theory, though. Just that unnecessary be, yeah. theories that don't even isn't, be. Isn't that, isn't that what happens in Scream? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Just or, or, you know, I. I'm thinking of scary movie when they parody scream. <laughs> you know, you know what the weird part is, is that um, for people that are probably like me and your age that grew up when scary movie was huge, but like after scream had died out. Yeah, I do get mixed up a lot of between what scary movie and what scream. There's like this. Oh, yeah. This blend of like how similar those movies really are that it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was in the pair. And, and, and then when you watch it, you can't think nothing but the parody. And it ruins it for you. <laughs> right. Okay. But anyway, so Marion is down bad for this dude, Sam. Like, yep. she's like, dude, I'll I'll lick your alimony stamps. You know, like, we'll be poor together. Lick them dry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Sam leaves, goes back home. Marion goes to her job where she's at like a loan office or something. Yeah. I, was, kinda... I didn't quite pick up what she did. Uh, I think she was a bank teller. I think that's mostly what she did. Just deposit. Okay, here's the thing, though, because while she's at her job, this guy comes in with forty thousand dollars cash, mm-hmm. and her boss is like, uh, "You have to go put that in the bank." <laughs> yeah, so I love her to go put it in the bank. Um, I love that. And it's like, how hard is it to put it in the vault? Because that was my thing. Right. I was like, "Can you just do it right there?" And they're like, "We'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> do it tonight." <laughs> or tonight or whatever and i was like so you're just gonna trust her <laughs> that was something that was kind of weird to me a little bit yeah. i don't know maybe it's a different time <laughs> so the boss sends her with forty thousand dollars cash to go to the bank and uh she decides to not go to the bank and instead shoves it in her purse and decides to drive to la to be with sam because oh, as yeah. i said she was down bad to the point where she stole uh forty thousand dollars from her job to give it to this broke guy. Damn. That's probably her baby know, right? daddy too. We don't even know. <laughs> we don't we don't even know. Jamie Curtis's uh, dad. 
But so she takes the stolen money. She starts heading to LA. Uh, she gets stopped by a cop. She loses the cop and trades her car. And she's just super suspicious the whole time. Yeah, she's pretty sus the whole time. Yeah, like she's she's bad at not being suspicious. Yeah, it's like she makes it pretty obvious. Like she was very jumpity gun. And it's like if you would have just talked it cool, you could have walked through it. He probably just would have drove off and left you alone. It's just very weird. And I kind of like that because it's like this this part of the movie, knowing what Psycho was about, I was I was trying to remember. I'm like, man, when does it get to this? I was like, I do kind of remember this, but I was like, there's this whole just built up a suspense of this whole money plot that you think, okay, this is what the movie is about. But um, I like where it goes to. So, Matt, go ahead. Continue with that. Okay. Run down. <laughs> so uh she she loses the cop, she gets a new car to evade the cop, and then uh she's super suspicious again with the car salesman. <laughs> uh and so as she's driving, it starts downpouring and uh she decides to pull off into a motel. Mm-hmm. And that motel that she stops at is the Bates Motel. Oh man. Dun 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 dun. Okay, so just saying, I, I was reading trivia about this movie afterwards, you know, like for the show later. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, Alfred Hitchcock would refer to the actor who played Norman Bates as Master Bates oh, throughout yes. like the whole thing. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Damn Master Bates. <laughs> so uh, she gets there and she meets Master Bates, Norman, and uh, he rents her a room. Uh, he seems fairly normal. But then while she's in the room, oh, he starts like spot. Wait, yeah, what? Oh, I was also gonna add. Um, she starts talking about the money. Um, this is the point of the movie that I like that it does kind of like a one eighty. Is that the whole movie kind of revolves around this plot around the money, and then when she, it seems like when she gets to Norman's um hotel, this is what the rest of the movie is about. And it's almost like she had her own thing and he comes and pulls it. And all you have is this wondering of what the hell is going on with him. And he starts talking about his mom. And all of a sudden she realizes, okay, I'll go return the money and fix everything. And then yeah, this is, yeah. yeah and, and then, so you're like, oh, wow, her story's concluded. This is, must be what the rest of the movie's going to be about. And then it goes, no, 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 no. Yeah. So yeah, she has a conversation with Norman and he talks about how he like taxidermies birds and stuff and then, Yeah, completely normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, normal guy, you know. Yeah. And uh, just don't smell the buttholes of the owls. <laughs> so uh she decides in the morning she's going to go back to Phoenix, return the money, but uh she decides to take a shower that night. And uh as she's showering, a figure it with a knife and long curly hair and it looked like a dress uh stabs oh, yeah. the shit out of her while she's showering and yeah. kills her with a thick booty too don't forget the thick booty of that dress was there a thick booty probably <laughs> all those dresses back then That's it was true. always like it was it was like always like a whole nother like fucking part of a chair <laughs> you could sit on but yeah so uh uh, Marion gets murdered while in the shower, 
And then you hear from the house, you know, by the hotel, uh, you hear Norman shout out, blood, blood, what did you do? And uh, he runs down, he sees her body, and uh, he decides, you know, like, oh shit, my mom just killed this lady. Uh, yeah. Did Fucking we even mention the mom? A little bit, because he mentions, I, I did when he was talking, when he was serving dinner or whatever to, um, for Marianne, is it uh, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't and, um, remember us mentioning her. <laughs> what did you do? Anyway, so uh, Norman, he runs this hotel with his sick mother who lives up at the house by the hotel. And uh, yeah, so yeah, so he sees that his mom killed this lady. So he starts cleaning up the mess. He takes her body, puts it in the trunk of her car, along with her items, including the $40,000 she stole. Yeah, because he doesn't know about that. Yeah, he has right. no idea. Dumbass. But uh yeah, so he cleans up the scene, loads up her body and all of her stuff into her car, takes her car and puts it in a lake. You know, pushes it in and lets it drown. Just the good old swimming hole lake. Yeah. So uh after that, Marion's sister shows up to Sam's job, uh Marion's boyfriend person. Uh yeah. so she's looking for Marion because they haven't heard from her. And then a private investigator shows up too. That was hired by the guy who had the money. Uh oh yeah yeah. What he's got like such a weird name too. The private investigator. I have it written down. Somewhere. Um, it was I. It was Inspector Gadget, wasn't it? Yeah, Inspector. No, it's a uh, Arbogast. <laughs> Arb- yeah, that sounds like dude. That sounds like a comic book villain. Yeah. Oh. Arbogast again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh Arb Arbogast, Ar- I'm gonna call him Arby's. Uh Arby's Arb- is l- looking yeah. for Marion as well. So he uh he starts going to like hotels all over the area and he shows up at the Bates Motel and he talks to Norman, who once again is just super fucking suspicious. Like people in this movie Norman not or the Norman is. Like people in this movie yeah. cannot just stay chill, like yeah, just relax. They must have had a lot of AD, like undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> no, they're just all like so bad at hiding things. He's like stuttering the whole time and like darting his eyes yeah. back and forth. Yep. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so Arby's, the private eye, he discovers that Marion was staying there, and uh, he sees. You know, the mother in the window and all that. So he goes and calls uh, Sam and Lila, who is Marion's sister, goes and calls him. He's like, hey, uh, he said that she left, but I'm kind of suspicious. So I'm going to go back and see what's up. Arby goes back there. He sort of searches around and like makes his way up to the house. And then he just sort of like lets himself into the house, doesn't even knock or anything. Yeah, he's just like, fuck like it. what a dick. He's Arby's man. He's got the beef. He's he's, he's, of, he's got the beef. Man. He's gonna start some beef, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then he gets the beef while he's searching around oh, because yeah. at, as he's going up the stairs, uh, what appears to be Norman's mother comes out and stabs him, and he falls down the stairs. And then I don't think they showed them like getting rid of the body, but Norman comes home and. Oh yeah! Next thing you know, he's he's putting he's that like, car in the yep. lake again. 
And he's like, I just, the good old car lake. <laughs> yeah, that, that's his go-to, man. Uh, I feel like at this point, that pond is more car than water. It's, uh, yeah, eventually the Iron Giant is going to come out and jump in it, and it's going to show all the bodies. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's about the same time frame, right? The 50s? I think the same time that... Yeah, that yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we're just waiting for that Hitchcock uh, Iron Giant movie to come out. <laughs> it's the sequel to Psycho. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it's just like eventually he's just going to like put a car in there. Because there's a suspicious... Like, it's not like a big lake. Yeah, and the first time he puts a car in there, it suspiciously takes forever. And he's already like worried about it. <laughs> right. Like, oh, man. He's like, is this finally the last one? I I found out I could fit seven cars in this lake. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, uh, Sam goes to meet Arby at the Bates Motel, but nobody's there. But uh, he sees the mom in the window again. Yep. And so uh, always be stabbing and meets, killing in windows, you know. Yeah, you know, just hanging out in windows. Uh, so Sam and Lila. Decide to go to the deputy in town, tell him what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the deputy doesn't really give a shit. He's kind of like, you guys are crazy. Yeah, and, he's uh, like, our lakes are fine. <laughs> don't don't look in the pond. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, the deputy is just kind of like, whatever. And then they tell him that, you know, they saw the mother in the window. And he's like, dude, his mom died like 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they... Apparently, the mom uh, killed the guy that she was with and poisoned herself. And they're like, well, we fucking saw someone there. Um, And then it cuts to Norman, and he's like, mom, you got to hide. Like, I'm going to put you in the basement. And he carries her, and she's like, no, you better not. Uh, But he brings her to the basement anyways to hide. So, So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's where I hide. (laughs) Especially in a horror (laughs) movie. I mean, just on week on weekends. That's what I do. Yeah. I hide from the mailman. I, I hide from. <laughs> I hide from my family. <laughs> but yeah, so um, Sam and Lila decide to go back to the motel since the deputy's not helping them and search for Marion. And uh, they check into a room together, and then uh, they decide to go search around. And Sam's like, okay, I'll distract Norman. You go up to the house, try to talk to the mom. And so uh, as he's talking to Norman, Norman starts getting suspicious and like clocks Sam in the head with something. I can't tell what it was, like a vase or something. It was something like that. I think so. Yeah. Don't be suspicious. And while that's going on. (laughs) Right. Dude, that was like the whole movie. Every time they were being <laughs> yeah, anytime anybody don't did be anything, don't be <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> this is the most suspenseful goddamn but, movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, he knocks him out, and it cuts to Lila, who's up at the house, and uh, she's searching around for Mrs. Bates, and uh, Norman comes into the house, so she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go in the cellar." And she sees someone sitting in a chair down there. Yeah, good old mom. And uh, she, yeah, you know, goes to tap on her shoulder and it slowly spins around to reveal the dead body of Norman Bates' mother. Uh, (laughs) At which point she she screams. It pretty much was. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But then she screams and Norman comes running downstairs with a knife dressed as his mom and 
a dress and in a wig. Hot. And he's just shouting like, I'm Norma Bates. <laughs> and then uh <laughs> like literally like <laughs> uh but before he can do anything, Sam, you know, gets behind him and subdues him in like the most awkward way I've ever seen in yeah, film. Yeah. From 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 like, dick to butt. Pretty much. <laughs> it's pretty much but, uh, but yeah, he he gets the knife out of him and uh uh, then it cuts to them at the police station. Norman's been arrested, but a psychiatrist is in there talking to him, and he comes back out, and he's basically like, uh, he Thanks. confessed to the killings, but that's not him anymore. Like, he is his mother at this point. Yeah, so I do, I do want to talk about that because, like, the yeah, because he kind of explains to the audience, like, you know, the situation of that, like. His mother's side took over, but then when you right after that, you see like him smile towards the camera. Do you think his smile was like him being Norma Bates, or do you think that was him being like, I got away with it, and they think that I overcame as my mom, but I'm still me? I honestly don't know. Like, did you think that too when you saw that, or? just now i think when i saw it i initially was just like okay like that's his mom now and his mom is crazy and resides inside of him (laughs) yeah but there's a part of me that like the smile and you do see a flash of his mom's uh during that transition scene uh or that shot you do see like a i don't know if you caught it but there's a quick glimpse where you can see the skeletal of his mom like blend in with his face and then it shows yeah. the the them pulling the car. What a, what a like a bad taste in your mouth of an ending when it shows you <laughs> right. the car out and it's like oh that's where the money and the body is. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's that's basically my rundown of the movie. There, thank you, Jim. You're welcome, Jim. <laughs> but yeah, that's um, we're. As somebody who's never seen this, did you expect any of that twist to come about any of that? Um, yes. Okay. So I was taking notes the whole movie. Okay. Um, let's see. So when Arby gets killed, uh, I wrote down what appears to be Norman's mother comes out and stabs Arby. And then I have in parentheses, I keep saying appears because I think it's actually Norman dressed up as his mom who is probably dead and taxidermied in the house. Oh, you know, that makes total sense. Like the whole taxidermy part of it. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be like his mom like stuffed with sawdust or something. That would have been it amazing. It was more of a skeleton. If she yeah. would have looked like a jujitsu like dummy doll to beat up <laughs> in practice, that would have been amazing. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I feel like I did see that coming, like, at least, like, halfway through. I was like, okay, the mom's dead. Like, he's just talking to himself. Yeah, like, she dumb and dead. But yeah, I, w- I always thought that was interesting, because, you know, I've always knew that. And, uh, you know what's funny? This is going to be the second time I referred to this movie on uh, on this show. But um, the first time I had actually watched, the first thing I've ever watched of this whole movie was that climax of when it shows that the mom was dead the whole time and Norman comes in with a knife because um mm. that that movie that I was talking about about the dentist where it was this DVD called Boogeyman um it went to yeah. debates and it shows that whole scene so it ruined the entire movie for me 
um before Damn, i even... yeah that really does <laughs> yeah and it's like the only like really one of the three like actual terrifying scenes from the movie and it was like out of all three that's the one you're going to show the most spoiler <laughs> based one i mean to be fair this is a 60 year old movie at this yeah. point <laughs> true that is very true 62 years old yeah yeah happy birthday happy bo- here's your social security mr movie <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I gotta say, I really did enjoy this movie more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. Like, I I don't know, I kind of expected it to be kind of boring and not really uh, be able to get into it that much. Mm-hmm. But, no, I enjoyed it. And that, that's the thing, and the thing is, uh, this is also the first serious horror movie we've watched. Yeah. So far, we've watched three, and they've all been somewhat comedy horror movies. But this movie was straight and serious. And uh, it definitely has an atmosphere that I really enjoy about yeah. it. Like, I wasn't scared uh, or anything at any points or, like, creeped out, but mm-hmm. it was, it kept me, like, focused. It was intense, you know? Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing that I like about it, um, is that it does uh, seem like somewhat of, like, a murder mystery movie, but it t- pushes the envelope a little bit more and goes into, like, uh, serial killer vibes yeah. instead of just uh, a motive for killing it's more just crazy killing nonsense killing i think that's the difference between a slasher movie and a murder mystery movie right is that a slasher movie yeah sometimes there's a motive but it's not like a whodunit it's sometimes sometimes it's done that way um but it's more of about the gruesome and the crazy and the actual scariness of the whole situation rather than the old plot element part of it yeah um i gotta say though yeah so i know you just said that like there it's not really a comedy movie there are two moments where i laughed out loud in this movie though uh (laughs) okay so one of them you kind of mentioned it's uh the first time he's putting the car in the lake he like it gets like halfway done and then it stops for a few seconds and it just cuts to norman and he's like just staring at it and then it starts going again Mm -hmm. like i don't know why that made me laugh you know what's funny you know, it would have been really funny if the if the car just started coming out of the lake. <laughs> it's just it just like, started coming back. It up. was in, and it, yeah, and it was like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it just rolls right back to its feet. <laughs> right. And the movie ends. The police show up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, there's another part towards the beginning. Uh, after she leaves the hotel, she goes to her job, and her coworker is like, "Oh, do you have a headache?" She's like, yeah, and she's like, oh, I got something for that. Uh, it's tranquilizers. I took them for my wedding, and I was just <laughs> like, what the fuck, lady? <laughs> like, <laughs> what kind of wedding is having tranquilizers? <laughs> yeah, it's like, damn, you sound like my coworker. You know what? Oh, that sounds more <laughs> like the Scarface wedding when he has her at the fucking wedding. <laughs> just like, like, I've never seen Scarface. Oh man, you there? Oh yeah, okay. Uh, I'm not gonna scold you for not watching that movie. Um, it is a, it is a great one. It's it's one that like you spend like half your, you know half your day watching. But there's oh, a yeah. scene where where they just have a wedding. They just get married, and uh, Tony Montana just walks everybody down to show them the fucking tiger that he owns. So that would be the only wedding I can think of that requires tranquilizer. Okay, to be fair, if I owned a tiger, though, whenever I had people come over, I'd be like, "Hey, come look at my fucking tiger." 
Yeah, yeah, you're just not gonna not talk about yeah. it. Like, or, no, no, you know what? No. Now, if I ever get a tiger, I'm not telling anybody. They're gonna come over. Not addressed. We're gonna be eating dinner. Dude, is that a fucking tiger <laughs> yeah. in your backyard? Like, oh yeah, that that old thing. <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, that's patches. <laughs> no, you're just sitting there, like, what do you want to do today, bro? I don't know. You want to watch some TV? And it's like, is that a fucking tiger? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, we got bored last week. We decided to buy an exotic animal for tax purposes. <laughs> well, um, so I did want to ask you something. On one of our previous episodes, you mentioned Psycho Two. Uh, yes, I, yep. I, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to watch the sequels. Where does it go from here? So there's actually four of the Psycho movies. Believe it or four? not, four. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen three or four, but I've heard they're not that bad, which I'm actually really curious. One works as a prequel. Um, I don't remember if it's the third one or the fourth one, but one of them works as a prequel to where Norman talks about he he's on like a radio show and he's on the phone and it's basically it's Joe Dirt. Um, now that I think about it, but <laughs> <laughs> you know where like Joe Dirt, like half the movie is him talking on yeah. the radio about his history. That's yeah. what it is. It just—it's a prequel, but it's just him on the phone talking to a radio station. They Forrest Gumped it basically. Huh. We're three quarters of the movies the past, <laughs> and uh, so that's where one of the sequels is. But so the second one, it comes off it like it didn't come out to the '80s, so you know it feels like it's like a long because you know sequels are always known as like especially with the classic like this you know it's just like how do you do a sequel of that without seeming like a cash grab but what happens is that right. um Norman Bates goes out of jail and he tries to live a normal life again um but basically what happens is that everybody's so weary of him and he ends up trying to fall in love with this girl while also getting harassed so you start to think is Norman really crazy or is there a woman that is existing in there or, or something in that nature? And it's, it's really creepy. It's really interesting. And it, it, and it doesn't dive into it right at first. It gives you a lot of time in the beginning of the movie to feel about Norman and you see the movies really more about him. And, um, it's, it's not like amazing, but, if you're expecting this cheap sequel, it really surpasses that expectation. Huh. Okay. Out of all movies. So I, I wouldn't recommend it, but it's definitely intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's honestly pretty high praise for a, a horror sequel. I don't recommend it, but it's okay. <laughs> um, it's it's one of those ones like you'd have to be really into it to enjoy it. Like it's a cult following type of a movie. Like it's not terrible, okay. but like um if if you need like uh it's interesting. It's definitely worth the first watch. If if nice. you like the first one, yeah. I, I would say So uh did you ever see the remake from the nineties with Vince Vaughn? Um, you know, I might have seen clips of that way back in the day, but I I was thinking about rewatching it one time and somebody was like, It's pretty much a a shot for shot remake. And I was that, like, that's what I've heard. And I was like, Oh, okay, that would that's just be a waste it seemed like it'd be a waste of time. Right. At that point. It's for, it's for those people that don't like black and white movies. You know what? That's the, probably the main reason why. Yeah. Um, I guess you huh. could probably say the same thing about the Night of Living Dead remake. Uh, a lot of people felt like that was a shot for shot remake in color and blood and all that. But um, 
I definitely see a difference between the two. I mean, especially if, okay. if it's on my top five, you know, favorite movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't really think I have, or, oh, I do have more to say. I have trivia, Austin. Ooh, oh, yeah. I knew there was a lot. I was going to let you do the trivia. There's like a couple, a lot of things here and there, but I want to, I want to hear what you have first. And then if I have anything else to add. Okay. Yeah. So I, I I only have a few things, you know, I don't want to like just sit here and read off trivia for like a half hour. No, this is the trivia show. What are you talking about? Welcome to the trivia show. Your host. Uh, <laughs> um, see, I can't swap your freaking name because it's the same M's. Do it. Do it. No one will know. It'd be mad. You can swap those M's. <laughs> I'm going to switch them to W's. Welcome to Wat Wackumera. <laughs> this is the trivia show. <laughs> I like it. Okay, so uh, the trivia show. With your host, so a- Matt Trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Co-host, Trivia Baker. Ugooba. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've just got a couple things here. So, originally, uh, Hitchcock envisioned the shower sequence as completely silent. And nude, um, right? A lot, lot, of, lot of boobs in that, originally. I mean, it's a shower. That's where they are. I bet she showers naked. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so he originally didn't want there to be any music here, but Bernard Herman, who scored the movie, uh, scored it anyways. Mm -hmm. And upon hearing it, he immediately changed his mind. And uh, Hitchcock was so pleased with the score uh, for the movie that he doubled the composer's salary. Really? Uh, Later, Yeah. And he later said uh, 33% of the effect of Psycho was because of the music. And that's, that's what I like about that, too. Um, I I had done a video on YouTube um, a minute ago where I was just talking about how music can affect horror movies greatly, and um, you you can tell when a horror movie or any movie has a um, great soundtrack if you can take it out of the movie and still think about the movie, or you can right. use it in another scene and it still works. Um, you can take that um, that iconic stabbing slashing music and put it in any you can make your own movie and put that in there and it'll work really well yeah no like as someone who like makes music for fun i don't really pay attention to scores all that much for some reason Mm -hmm. but the whole movie i was like damn like this music is great even yeah even the beginning um like chase sequence music um it, Even like the title sequence, yeah. I was like, "Damn, I like this music." Yeah, and um, yeah, there's just movies like that. You can tell have like Jaws, for instance. You know, a lot of people oh, yeah. will use that. Dun, dun. They'll use that music in anything, and it and it still works. That's how you know you have like a great soundtrack. Um, yeah. do you have on your trivia where he got the idea of composing that song, that music? Um, I do not. The only trivia I had about that was, um, I know he said something about the reason that he wanted to use like, uh, the instruments he did for the soundtrack, which was all string instrument is because he wanted it to like sound black and white. Okay. Correspond with the movie being black. Okay. But, um, I don't remember where I read this, but, um, uh, from sources, uh, bro, trust me. Um, (laughs) but, (laughs) I had read that uh, the idea of it had actually came from the sound of an alarm clock. Um, oh. When an alarm clock goes off, it beeps just in the same pattern as the music. 
And um, it was something that was read in some statistics or something like that. And that's what made it partially scary was because people hate that sound of an alarm clock because they wake up to it. And that um, makes a lot of sense. It, it was something about like reading that people stress over that similar sound. So it somehow worked with horror or, or something like that. It was really interesting. Yeah. No, I can totally see that. And it's one of those things like you hear and you can't unhear it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, did you realize this movie was based on a novel? Because I did not until the movie started and it said it in the credits. Um, I knew that the character Norman Bates was more based on the killer Ed Gein, but um, yes. But novel wise, no, I actually I don't remember if I seen anything about that. Yeah, so the movie was based on a book uh by Robert Block, uh, and Hitchcock bought the rights to it for only nine thousand dollars. Hmm. Because it wasn't like a big seller or anything before the movie. That's a lot of roast beef sandwiches. Yeah. And then uh, he also <laughs> ended up buying as many copies of the book as he could to keep the story a secret. Oh, gotcha. Oh, you know, so I he, might have heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally just went around buying it up. Yeah. Because you don't want like the uh, the Game of Thrones type people going, oh, I already read the book. I already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, wait a minute now. Um. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. It was a different then, uh, time before the internet. Right. Very true. Um, so Paramount Pictures, who produced the movie, uh, they gave him a very small budget to work with because they didn't like the source material it was based on. Right. Um, but in doing that, they deferred most of the box office take to Hitchcock, thinking the movie was going to fail. Mm -hmm. But when it became a hit... Oh, yeah. Uh, changed their mind, didn't they? Yeah. No, no. They, they couldn't. So he took home most of the box office draw and became a millionaire because of this movie. Just do the biggest <laughs> in the <Right>. other direction. <laughs> but yeah, no, this was uh, one of his biggest movies at the time, and he got fucking rich off of it yeah. because they didn't believe in it. This is what dreams are made of. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so as you said, one of the things I have here is the novel was based on and inspired by Ed Gain. Mm -hmm. uh, who was also the inspiration for movies such as Deranged, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and The Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I was like, as I was like, as soon as I remembered about that, I was like, we're gonna be seeing him a lot here, <laughs> right? <laughs> like this probably this won't be this. Yeah, it, he's gonna be popping up like it's a sideshow Bob episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the official trailer for this movie back in 1960. Do you know how long the trailer was? Yeah, isn't it like super, like a super long ass video of Alfred Hitchcock just showing where the whole movie takes place? Yeah, it was almost seven minutes long, it's, and that was the trailer. Yeah, well, I mean, at this time, you also got to figure going to the movies was like a place to hang out and not like, all right, we come here straight at this time and end at this time. That's true. Um, so like at the drive in, I could definitely see that being interesting and be like, oh, okay, this is one of the pre show shows. But, right. but yeah, I noticed a lot of trailers back in the day like that would just be like half the damn movie. It'd just be like a whole scene. You know, like that's your trailer is a whole entire scene. <laughs> right. But um, so Joseph Stefano, who was one of the writers of the movie, uh, he was adamant about wanting to see a toilet on screen to display realism. <laughs> yeah. He wanted it to flush. Yep. Uh. <laughs> So Hitchcock told him to make it so through his writing if he wanted to see it. And so he wrote the scene where 
she ripped up the money and flushed it down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was actually the first American movie and possibly the first fictional movie ever to show a toilet flushing on screen. It only took us like half a century, but <laughs> yeah, we fucking right. did it. <laughs> Since- and now every, every movie now has a toilet flushing, no matter what. You know, it would be a crazy thing if you were like, this was, this was the only movie to show a flushing toilet. And you're like, what? I swear <laughs> I've seen it. And then it's like, nope. You just do all this research and find out it is. But- to be fair, I can't think of any other movie that has a flushing toilet. Can you? Uh, it, for, you know, the only other movie I can think of in the meantime is that scene in Train Spotting. I don't know if you've ever okay. seen that movie. Yep. Know. Yeah, that's all I got to say. Fucking if, gross. If you've seen it, it's like, that's all I got to say. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you don't forget a scene like that. <laughs> <laughs> so another, so a thing that I was talking about earlier, the movie being rated R, uh, when it first came out, is rated PG. And then they changed that to PG-13, and then later to R. Yeah. Which I still don't understand. Isn't that crazy? Like, um, when when a movie's released, that the standards are a lot different, and then as time goes by, standards change. So then they realize, oh, okay, well, now this fits into this category. Because you got to right. figure out this time, PG-13 didn't even exist. Not until at least the mid to later 80s. And... um. And so, like, I could see where, like, okay, it fits in this category. And then they go, oh, wait a minute, you know, because of, you know, this rule and this rule is, I think, uh, I think PG-13 movies are allowed one, like, like F-bomb, and then if it has two, it's automatically rated R. So it's weird how, like, the MPAA has, like, all these different rules that that change over time and uh, depending on people's opinions and outrage. Yeah, so it's it's always cool to see, like, a movie stand throughout time and do something like that. But yeah, I, I don't know why it's rated R. There's no blood, I there's cussing. It's, I mean, King Kong has remained, I think, PG and right. motherfucker eats people, so I don't know. Isn't isn't Gremlins like PG-13? It was, and I think it's probably even dumbed down now to just PG. I could be wrong. Right? They fucking blend a gremlin in that movie, I think. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Or like throw one in the microwave and it blows up or yeah, something. Yeah, the mom the mom <laughs> kicks a lot of ass in that movie. Yeah. God, that's a good movie. Uh, you know what? Join us next <laughs> We're watching Gremlins. We're just going to watch Gremlins. <laughs> yeah, regardless of what the next song is. We're gonna we're gonna petition Ice Nine Kills to make a song about Gremlins so we can watch. You know what would be great if it was a holo- if it was a um Christmas themed song. <laughs> That's true. If they that did, if they one. did a Christmas theme album and it was um all horror Christmas movies, that would be pretty cool. Like Silent. So yeah, what 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 horror Christmas movies are there? Uh, well, you got Silent Night, Deadly Night that has about you know a couple sequels. You have uh, that Krampus movie that was pretty interesting. Oh, I loved that movie. Yeah, that was great. That was a movie. I I don't know. I guess I had expectations, and then once I saw like how funny it was, it took me a minute to kind of adjust to it, and then I was like, okay, this is good. I only own a couple horror movies, and that's one. <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah, that was one that like um, really exceeded my expectations. Um, you have Black Christmas. Uh, you, oh yeah. You have the originals and the two remakes. Um, there is, uh, Christmas Evil was an interesting one. I didn't know about that. So my brother showed me that one is really interesting, but yeah, there's, I'm sure you can find some more Christmas. Uh, it's its own genre. It's its own like slasher sub genre. 
you know, I just realized this movie takes place around Christmas. Does it really? Yeah, it's like December fourteenth or something. Well, there we go. Psycho's a Christmas movie. We're no longer <laughs> yeah. we're no longer debating uh Die Hard or now we're debating Psycho. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So uh back to my trivia. We've got a couple more here. Um during pre production, Alfred Hitchcock said to the press that he was considering a bunch of different actresses for the part of the mother, uh, which was obviously a ruse. Mm. Uh but even so, a bunch of actresses ended up writing to Hitchcock requesting auditions for a role that didn't exist. <laughs> he was like, yes, bow down to me, woman. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, Simps. <laughs> <laughs> so the American Film Institute, uh, they put out a bunch of different like hundred lists. And uh, this is on a couple of them. Uh, it ranked number one in their 100 Thrills film series. Uh, Norman Bates. Norman Bates was ranked the second greatest villain, and there are 100 really? heroes and villains. Yeah, would you consider him a great villain, or is he just crazy? I didn't think so, but because that's the thing, he to each their own. He's kind of just crazy. It's it's the setup of the um. That's interesting. You know, the movie has a great setup about him being interesting, but. He doesn't have like a villainous evil behind him. He's just uh No, I didn't think I so. I mean he kind of does being psychotic, but um it, there's definitely not like a a madness of like being out there to harm people. You know, he doesn't yeah. seem like he's got no, that intent. Yeah. It's like get the boy some help. Just, like, just don't know? go there. Leave him alone. Let him be yeah. Edward Scissorhands up in his attic. <laughs> But uh, the line from the movie, a boy's best friend is his mother, was voted as the number 56 top movie quotes uh, by the American Film Institute. Yeah, that is there. there's a creepiness behind that line. Right. It seems like, uh, like, don't worry, mommy will take care of us. <laughs> so um, the corpse at the end of the movie of the mother, you know, that turns around in the chair. Oh, that smoking hot one? Yeah, yeah, the really hot corpse. <laughs> the MILF. <laughs> That's a line that should never be said again. Yeah, the really hot corpse. <laughs> we should do a top 10 MILFs of, like, slasher movies. Oh, God. You know, Bates mom is number solid. Solid number one. Uh, follow Austin on YouTube at Big D Liquor, we'll, where he'll be putting out that list here soon. <laughs> that should have been my Halloween video for the year. That would have been great. But, uh, um, <laughs> Anyways, though, that prop, uh, he decide, Hitchcock decided to see how scary it was by putting it in Janet Lee's dressing room and oh, seeing shit. if it would startle her. And uh, after no. she screamed loudly when she discovered it, he decided it was good enough for the film. Yeah. Like, is this scary? I don't know. <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> so um, the, these little bits of trivia I have just for you, Austin, okay? Just Ooh. for you. So anybody listening, stop listening. This is just for Austin. Shut up. This is mine. <laughs> my time. So um, I'm not sure if you caught this. I'm sure you have. AIDS? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just didn't know <laughs> if that's where the question was going. So um, multiple characters in the original Halloween are inspired mm -hmm. by this movie. Ooh, yes. Let so, me see if I can name them. Okay, yeah. Um, you have you have Sam Loomis yep. as Doctor Loomis. You have uh, God. There's the one, not the detective, but there's another smaller character. Did I write it down? Um. 
Oh no, now I'm getting mixed up. I watched the new Child's Play, the new Chucky series, and oh. they had some <laughs> references. And now I'm getting them mixed. I should not have watched that in the same week. Well, you did get that <laughs> one right. Uh, Dr. Sam Loomis is directly named after Sam Loomis in this movie. Uh, and then the name Marion Chambers uh, is the nurse in Halloween. Yes. Yep. And then <laughs> also uh, Billy Loomis, the killer from Scream, was inspired by Sam Loomis. Oh, yeah. And then in the movie Carrie, uh, they go to high school at Bates High School. Oh, yeah. They, oh, they do, don't they? Yeah. And so I wonder is I wonder if that is that the movie or the book? Do you know? Uh, I believe in the movie. I'm not sure if it's the same in the book. Right. But um, in Halloween H two O twenty years later, uh, which the is the water. full title of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> so uh, Janet Lee is in that movie. Uh, she plays Curt- Jamie Lee Curtis's secretary. Oh yes, yep. yeah. So that's her mom from Psycho is in that movie as her secretary, and also. Um, am I cutting you off? There's actually a scene where they show the car in the background. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. She drives a similar car and when it's revealed, they play the theme from psycho. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's always, man, that was always an interesting, that was one of the, a movie as old as that for 90, you know, that was definitely like the era where like franchises started referencing like little nods and stuff like that. Right. It seemed like it seemed like that like that was like the start of it. And when remakes started to come out in the two thousands, they started doing stuff like that, it seems like. But yeah, that's the end of the trivia show. Play us out, Matt. Play the end of the trivia show theme. Uh it's the trivia show and we bow, gotta bow, bow, bow. go. Bow, bow, yeah. That's how the song goes. That's the end credits of the trivia show. Yeah. Join us next <laughs> week when we add trivia about um, gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> How surprised would you be if the next one was actually gremlins? Dude, I'd shit bricks. I'd be it, like, it's not. <laughs> see, don't play me like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Get my hopes up and shit. But yeah, so that's pretty much the rest of my info about this movie. You got anything you want to add there, bud? Yeah, I got a couple a couple ed, uh, additions. Um, <laughs> one thing I would like to say, I don't think Norman Bates gets, gets as much credit for slasher villains as other slasher villains. Does he um, deserve it? Um, I think so, just for his spot, for how iconic the, um, the whole music of Psycho is and stabbing and kind of being like, one of the couple movies, you know, characters based on Ed Gein, it being a Hitchcock movie. Um, and like I said, like kind of being like that pioneer slashers, I think so. But the thing is, he doesn't have that visual um, image to him as other slashers. So I don't. That's I, true. I, I, so it's, it's kind of harder to dress up as him and be like, hey, you're Norman Bates. Um, right. <laughs> Paint yourself gray. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah. Oh no, he's he's in that one Tobey Maguire movie again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I mean, unless you dress up as like kind of his mom, I think people maybe get that. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that would be doable. Yeah, it's like he it's like he is well known enough, but he's not there enough to um. If if I were if you were to if I were to tell you name me five slasher villains, he would not be 
No. Instantly on your like instantly from your head to think of. No. But um that and I like to um also appreciate that this seems to be the first movie that kind of like when you think of a slasher movie, that butcher knife is the first thing you think of. And I think this was like probably the first movie to kind of do that. Because um butcher knives tend to be a like a common um like choice of weapons for like killers and horror movies between like Michael Myers and even Chucky has done it like a couple of times. I think he even references it as a good old classic never goes out of style. (laughs) And, uh, and I, and I think it really, I think this is a movie that really helped kind of start that because it's really hard not to connect this movie to the original 78 Halloween. And I think that's one of the good crossovers was that Michael Myers's choice of weapons was the old kitchen knife. Right. And I, and I think, I don't know if that was Carpenter's intention was to kind of do a nod to Psycho for that reason. But well, it, it said uh, that Carpenter was really inspired by Psycho when he made Halloween. Oh, yeah. I, I can, you know, I, like between having Janet Lee's daughter on there, between having character names from Psycho to um, having that whole when, when there, there's like two times when people are in the house or like the ending when everybody's in the house snooping. Um, and, and the audience already knows like, oh, the mother's a killer. Don't go in there. That's kind of what it feels like in Halloween when Jamie Lee Curtis goes over to the house who has no idea what's going on. But as the audience, we've seen people get killed there and you go, no, you dumb bitch. Don't go in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think like a big, cause you figure a lot of movies didn't do that at this time. So I think, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of um, references oh, between yeah. that. But yeah, like I said, um, I like how different this movie is. Uh, you know, you look at this the script, and you, at first you think it's this money laundering scheme, and that the suspense is really from her getting away. But then you realize when you show up to the Bates house that no, this is really where the horror is. Right. Um, there's two movies I can think of that are like that. And definitely I can see the connection between Ed Gein and Texas Chainsaw because that's what Texas Chainsaw feels like, where you're like, oh, man, I stopped somewhere where I shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that and the other movie I can think of that is like that is uh, From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, um, God, that's such a good movie. Yeah. So like, I was going <laughs> to say, I don't know if you've seen that, but I'm not going to. That's a movie I won't ruin spoilers. Yeah, no, don't say people. anything about it. If you haven't seen From Dusk Till Dawn and you like horror movies, watch it. Yeah. Yep. Um, because that's also another movie that's like, I I love that the twist happens halfway through the movie. So you don't expect it. And it's this built up of like, we're somewhere where we shouldn't be. And we're fucked. Right. <laughs> and this, I think Psycho is like, definitely has that feeling of that when he, she starts talking to Norman about his whole taxidermy stuff and you go, okay, this is unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> definitely a good classic. Definitely a great pick. I was excited to watch. Yeah, this. no, I'm, I'm glad I watched it. You know, I never have. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a classic, you know? Yeah. I'm glad that Especially, I, have, I have it under my belt now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great to say that you like, you've seen like a classic like this. Um, would you think you would ever rewatch it sometime later down the road? maybe yeah I, I think i think if i were to rewatch it again um it would be about this time of the year because as we're recording this it's like halloween basically and right. it, this was a great atmospheric movie for the halloween feel um i feel like 100 percent. 
All right. So um, I guess let's get into the question here. Uh, speaking of Psycho, um, how do you think the song did at capturing the spirit of this movie? Um, I was thinking about it. I was giving it some thought. This is so far, I think, the second strongest song to represent the movie. I agree with you movie. there. Which one do you um, think is does it better? So when I when I think about it, when I think about a song doing a good job with the movie, one thing I try to put in mind, not saying this is my this is my official judgment, but it's like trying to imagine the song as a part of the soundtrack with the movie and what it would it make sense in it. <laughs> um there's a lot of elements of the song that just after rewatching the movie and re-listening to it, it was like, wow, that's in the movie. I just watched that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it starts off as a bell, uh, a bell ringing as if entering the motel. Um, the lyrics are about entering, you know, the weather's dreadful, come inside. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's saying from the perspective of Norman, always clean up the mother's mess. And um, there's even, I there's a part of the song that has back backing vocals of the mom talking. And it's, it's great. Right. Oh, yeah. When you hear it with surround sound, it feels like you're hearing Norman's mom talking <laughs> in the back of your ear. I gotta creepy. say, um, so I watched this for the first time ever, and watching him clean up the mess, in my head, I went, I'm always cleaning up the mess. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're like, I can hear it. Yeah. You're like, um, yeah, it's great, because you can almost visualize the movie while you're listening to it, or like you said, vice versa. You can think about the song while you're watching the movie. Yeah. See, um. Yeah, I thought it did a great job, but I still think the uh, Assault and Batteries did a better job. Yeah, I think that is the closest, because here's the thing. Um, Assault and Batteries is a crazy song. Um, it's so hyperactive, and um, it also has some funny things going on as well. Um, the more I re-listen to that song, the more the squeaky uh, duck, like the rubber yeah. duck sound, cracks me up when I hear that. And that's exactly what the child's play movies are like. They they have that humor. They're crazy. They're wild. They're over the top. And that's exactly what that song is. So um, that's something that I noticed recently because, like, I I re-listened to this album and the first album a lot, mm -hmm. and um, I noticed like the songs that sort of are the songs that are based on movies that have sort of a comedic feel to them are funnier than like the songs that don't. Yeah. You know, like this song doesn't really have anything funny about it. Right. And it has the same tone as Psycho because Psycho is not really a comedic, you know, horror movie. It's yeah. just straight up as is. And that's kind of how this and, the, and that's kind of how the song is. The song is like, you know, more of a ballad, but it doesn't really. Um, there's nothing really that it sits in the tone with 100 percent musically. You know, it has the elements in there to kind of make it like the movie, but um, it doesn't really match the same energy, I guess, as the suspense of it. Right. At least not as well as the right, previous right. song, I don't think. Um, but I do love um, when, it, when it does have the breakdown um, that you can hear the stabbing and the knife sling and then the, the orchestra. Yeah, and the way that it's in beat, it almost feels like with the energy of the guitar, it does feel like like a stab is happening. Like as you're in rhythm with the head banging, it's almost like it's in rhythm with stabbing, and that's what I think really draws a lot of energy like that. Like th they 100 percent had to have written that breakdown around that musical cue. 
Yeah, like they had to have watched the movie while recording it yeah. or like performing it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Hell yeah. So I think would you rank this above uh Cabin Fever? Like um, in terms of capturing the spirit of the song? So I would put um Assault and Batteries on top, this, and then yes, rash decision. I think that's about how I'd list it too right now. So we're in agreement so far. And then um where I would put it in the likeliness order. I like how I personally like the song so far. Um, I actually have rash decisions on top. Okay. This right underneath it, and welcome to Horrorwood underneath that, and the song batteries on last. Okay. Huh. And uh, and even though the song batteries is on the bottom, it's not a song that I can listen to leisurely, but like I still enjoy listening to it when it does come on. Okay. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Um. Yeah, I think even though, you know, this is a classic and everything, my rankings of the movies would be Child's Play, Cabin Fever, and then this. It's like, it's a classic. Yeah. I get it. I respect Yeah, but I it. wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't rewatch it as much as exactly. Cabin Fever. I probably would wait another couple years before I watch <laughs> right, it again. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I could say that. Because yeah. Child's Play, dude, I, I, I've re- I never mentioned it, but I rewatched the hell out of two and three when I had when I had it on VHS back in the day. Yeah. It, it was insane how many times I've rewatched that movie. So uh going back to Child's Play, you mentioned you've been watching the series. What you think about it so far? Dude, oh I finished it. Man, oh, it was great. Yeah. It was the best thing I've watched. Did you get in both seasons? Time. Is there two seasons? There is. I I don't know if the second season's done yet. It might just be airing right now. Oh, it, I think it is because I was waiting for it. That I think my favorite thing about that show is that it's really one a movie. Um, because if you haven't seen the whole movie series, this is really a continuation of it, and it just feels like it's um with a TV show, you know, you can fit more in, but when a movie you're forced to cut a lot of things to make it an hour and thirty minutes. So I'm glad they went through the route of making like a, a shorter series. Right. So that way we could fit and squeeze time for all the little things that they want to put in there. And it was great. Yeah. I mean, when it was funny, dude, I was I was laughing my ass off on the last like two episodes. There See, was in there that got me. I've still got to finish it. Okay. I, I think I only watched like the first like six or something. And then yeah. It, so like the it. first couple, like the first four are pretty good. You know, it gets going. But then like the last two or three is when it like, oh, that's when it's like, this is what we've been waiting for out of the whole the whole season hell yeah and uh man i tell you like, like when you get to that second to last one there, there's a there's a moment that gets funny and then it never stops like it keeps getting funnier <laughs> and it, it was great i really love dude I, I haven't stopped thinking about that since i finished it hell yeah well i'm glad you got the chance to watch it hell yeah <laughs> but um yeah i think that's gonna about do it for this week's episode uh we watched the movie listened to the song found our placements and um, yeah. I think there's only a couple things left to do. And one of those is what movie do you think we're watching next? Um, We are going to be watching. Uh, it's not gremlins. Be, not gremlins. Okay. <laughs> we're going to be watching patch Adams um, or deuce Bigelow Two, European gigolo. That is a scary movie. That's pretty freaky. <laughs> <It's> pretty fr- <laughs> That's pretty scary. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, I'm just going to look at my movies to my right. So we didn't, okay. Statistically, I could just be repeating the same movie again and again, but, um, let me change it up. Let me look at my wall. 
Uh, you know what? This is a fun one. Let me pick Christine. That's a common movie. Is that the car movie? <laughs> yes. It's not the car movie. It's a great fucking movie, man. You're right. Cars <laughs> 2 is the car movie. <laughs> yeah, right. No, you, you're thinking of the wrong one. <laughs> I love that this is your first question you asked. Like, I picked a sincere, great choice. I'm you go, sorry. Is that the fucking car movie? <laughs> Yes, well, it is. is. <laughs> it, you're, you're not wrong. Yeah, it's the car movie. All right. Well, tune in next episode to find out if, if we're watching the car movie or not. All right. <laughs> and uh, Matt, where could you tell the young folks where we can find fun projects you're working um, on? How about I'm going to tell them where they can find fun projects you're working on. Oh, yeah. So you can find Austin on TikTok and on YouTube at Big D Liquor. And my OnlyFans. Don't forget my oh, OnlyFans. See, okay, and for his YouTube and TikTok, it's liquor as an alcohol. But yeah. for his OnlyFans, <laughs> it's only not. Fans, it's, it's liquor. It's ex- it's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> I love that. I yeah. Apparently, you can't talk about booze on OnlyFans. That's the only reason why. I've been getting a lot of hit ups on dudes. <laughs> well, okay, so we have been ending the show with you giving a random horror quote, and then me doing a Tim Allen grunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like I've perfected the Tim Allen grunt at this time. So yeah, I was actually shocked. The last one, I know, <laughs> I know you had to shut it off, but I think I said immediately after the last one that I was like, "Damn, that was pretty good." <laughs> so um, I want to try something new. Yeah, yeah. So you're, I want you to give me a horror quote, and then I'm gonna give you a quote from an Ice Nine Kills song that we're not gonna cover. Oh, okay. And it'll just sound like a conversation that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah so it's like this This is exactly like an improv groups like conversation that's right. the only thing i could think because it's just like i could see me saying something and then you respond and and hopefully what you should do is add some kind of bell or ringer when it sounds like it makes sense <laughs> i i don't think it will but let's give it a shot here so give me that horror movie quote and i'll give you my ice nine kills quote <laughs> right okay uh should i tell what the mo- where, what what movie it comes from or just just give it uh yeah yeah so i should just give it or just say what movie it's from you know what up to you man <laughs> all right all right so this so today's random horror movie quote is i got peanut butter on my penis and i believe in dinosaurs because i've seen their bones God damn it. This podcast has been brought to you by Very Fair Productions. Uh, that's very fair.